Welcome to this endo life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's <laughs> the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a fare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me sent me them when I when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called the Daily, and it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance. And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day. My blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that day, daily supplement. As you guys know, I I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down and it also ensures that you have healthy balanced hormones. It's, it's really, really key. 
And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balancing plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar. If your blood sugar is resisting all of the strategies you're trying, that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is is being controlled in your body. So we need to work on that, work on your gut. And mine has improved, mine has improved massively, but I still react much more um, erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations. And I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, blood sugar is a huge piece to managing your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and Pira support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE, one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, So let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Hi, everyone. So today is the start of um, a couple of really incredible interviews, and I'm just so excited for you to hear them. And we're kicking off um, with the incredible force of nature. That is Dr. LJ Johnson. Dr. LJ Johnson is a women's hormone coach specializing in endometriosis. She's worked in women's health and fitness for over 20 years while also overcoming her own diagnosis of endo. And LJ's passion is to empower, motivate, and educate all women so they too can have the quality of life that they deserve despite their symptoms or diagnosis. And after hearing her story, I think you'll understand why she's so passionate about this. In today's episode, LJ and I are talking all about endo burnout and how to overcome it. And in this interview, we're covering LJ's personal story of endo, what endo burnout actually is and what symptoms to look out for, what causes endo burnout, the methods LJ uses to help people recover, and where she suggests to start with healing endo burnout if you're not working with a practitioner. LJ brings such a great energy to the table. Um, She's so motivating and inspiring and upbeat. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. Let's get to the show. LJ, welcome so much to the show. It's so nice to have you here. I'm so glad we're doing this because I feel like we have been trying to make this happen for forever. Um, So welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much, Jessica. I know it's been a long time in the making, but baby, this is going to be so fun and so much good gems and just tons of information to support our community. So I am sure everyone is very familiar with you, but it'd be great if you could introduce yourself and the work that you do in the endometriosis community. Absolutely. So if you are new to me, I am Dr. LJ Johnson. I specialize in all things women's health, but specifically when it comes to endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids, and moreover, endometriosis. It took me 16 years to get properly diagnosed. That is not a glitch, not a typo. You heard it right. 16 years to be properly diagnosed with endometriosis. And so that is why I do what I do. I have been through it all. I have heard it all. I've had it done to me. You know, I've had all of these things. And so, um, you know, endometriosis is near and dear to my heart. I know right now when we're recording, it's an endometriosis awareness month. But a couple of things I will say is that my journey started at the age of 14. And if I would have known just an inkling, I mean, I mean, like, even if I just seen two of the posts that I've seen this month, you know, throughout my entire world, if I had any of that information at the age of 14, my world would be such a different place. And that is why I tell my story. You know, I tell the ups and downs. I talk about all the things that I've done, right? I also tell people, all the time. I don't come from the high horse of this is what I learned. I come from that low horse that been there, done that horse. Like these are the misconceptions I was told. These are the misconceptions I fell for. This is how it worked out. And here, listen to my information, learn from my mistakes so that you too don't have to be suffering, waiting, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years to get a diagnosis and then hiding in plain sight. Because once you get the diagnosis, you have no idea what to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the the barrier that a lot of people come up against, they get this diagnosis and then they're just like, well, now what? Like the doctor's given me this, they've sent me on my way. Maybe there's some kind of follow-up going on, but often at least in the UK, that's like six months to a year down the line. Like that's when you get your post-op um, appointment where they're going to tell you what they what you found. They'll tell you like when you come round, or oh, you've got endo, but you won't actually see a doctor for like six months to a year after that. And then you're just left on your own. And I think that's when people can fall down that rabbit hole that you're talking about of like, you know, misconceptions and trying all of these different things and and getting overwhelmed and, and make mistakes and things like that. Um, But I would love to just backtrack a little. So you're a, you're a women's health coach, hormone health coach, but you're also a doctor of, I was looking at like the the letters after your name and I was like, okay, I'm way too ignorant to know what these are. <laughs> so this is what I always say. Don't let the alphabet soup get you, right? Because I know there are doctors that have way more initials behind their name, but at the end of the day, it's that been there, done that, that, you know, I've been in the trenches. I've got myself out got myself to the other side. That's, that's what speaks a little bit yeah. more to me, which is why, like I said, I don't spend a ton of time on the alphabet soup, but I started my entire world as far as education and psychology and community counseling. And essentially what happened is I was not able to show up and be that therapist. I was not able to show up and be that counselor. I was not able to show up and be that single parent of two children because I had this crazy disease running rampant in my body and I had no idea what was going on. So once I was properly diagnosed, I took a lot of time off work. I healed myself naturally. And then I could not come back to my practice singing the same song, you know, singing the same dance, you know, telling people to eat chicken breast and broccoli and it was going to balance their hormones because it look here, it clearly didn't work for me. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, let's go back and get some functional medicine, some functional education. So that is when I shifted my entire practice. So many people know me 
as their therapist, you know, Dr. Johnson, then you either know, you know, the LJ side as far as fitness, you know, doing a huge event at Fitness on the Rocks. I spent a lot of time in Denver, you know, personal training, coaching, traveling the world, doing a lot of stuff in fitness. But once again, once my healing journey was not getting me where I needed to be, I had to pull back, heal myself, re-educate. And that's what shifted my entire practice. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I I definitely got the fitness vibes because you look so strong and you're, you've got so much energy um, in your Instagram post. So um, that really, really comes across. Is that still a big part oh, of your life? You. It is. Oh my gosh. I love fitness. I was just texting um, one of my new supervisors. So I am back in the fitness industry and this is really interesting. And I haven't really went live and talked about this or been, uh, you know, I don't, I'm super transparent, but no one's really asked me about this. So fitness is always been a huge part of my world. However, recently I got re-exposed to mold about two and a half years ago and it oh, hospitalized me bitch. for six to seven. Oh my Lord, honey, don't even get me started. We could be on this <laughs> podcast for four hours because I got the symptoms, the signs, the breakdown, the protocol. So yes, mold has been, oh my goodness. I've been exposed to mold three times. It has hospitalized me three times. Oh my and God. each time I've learned something different. So that last exposure, I nearly lost my life. Um, yeah, it just almost, yeah, just hundred percent transparency. Like I, LJ was barely hanging on and wasn't sure she was going to be here another day. So after I got all of that taken care of, I've been healing my body. Um, a lot of people know that I've had my breast implants removed. So I had explant surgery to 22, 22 of last year. So your girl's been doing a lot of detoxification, a lot of just recentering and focusing on my own healing. So I haven't been able to teach a lot of fitness classes. I haven't been traveling and all of that. Right. So now I'm finally up and running. I'm detoxed. I'm ready to rumble, coming back into it slowly. But yes, I will be here teaching classes here in Arizona now. And I'm super excited because like fitness is like my thing. Like it's been my humble beginnings. I remember, you know, teaching classes at rec centers with like five people, right? You just have mm -hmm. those humble beginnings to then, you know, teaching at huge platforms and amphitheaters, you know, running a boot camp for 20,000 people. Oh so I've gosh. been on both ends. Yes. So I'm super, super excited to once again, not be defined by endo, but realize when there are times I need to take a step back, get my own health where it needs to be before I start to pour back into my fitness community. So that's where I'm at now. I'm back in fitness and ready to rock. Well, that's like incredible. Congratulations that you're back. And also thank you for sharing that because I think thank it's you. really important to talk about coming back to something, you know, that I I have left careers because of my health in the past. And and there's reasons why I wouldn't go back to them now, which is which is fine. But I think it's also um inspiring and hopeful to hear that you might have to step back from something that you love with endo, but you can get back to it again. I think that's really powerful to hear for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, I'm right there with you, you know, stepping back from fitness is not the only thing I had to close my private practice at one time. You know, I had to, you know, stop traveling. I remember getting a promotion when I was in the fitness industry and I literally had to go back in two days in tears, two days later, explaining that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Yes, I was qualified for the position. Yes, I deserved it. Yes, I earned it. However, I had a body that was not reliable. Therefore, I mean, I went back in tears and I was like, you know, I got to give the position back because I'm not going to be able to show up at that 110% and give my full self because the disease was just running rapid, not only in my personal life, but my professional life as well. Mm, yeah. I think there's so many of us who can relate, relate to that kind of story. So 
today we really wanted to dive in about um, kind of your passion area, which is endo burnout. And I mean, I think I've experienced it. I'm sure a lot of people listening might be like, what, what do you mean by that? But have experienced it. So can you explain, you know, your definition of endo burnout and how would someone know that that is, you know, what they're feeling and what would they, you know, how may it affect their emotions, their, their mindset, their, their physical symptoms. I'd just love to hear your take on it. Yeah, this is such an amazing topic. And it's something I think that we don't address as much. And the first thing I will say with endo burnout is no matter how long you've been diagnosed, may you have just been diagnosed yesterday, maybe you were diagnosed 15, 20 years ago. I met someone recently that she's like 60 in her 60s. And she's like, yeah, I've had endo for 45 years. But here's the thing. I don't care if your diagnosis is 45 seconds old or 45 years old, you can still experience burnout. Now, when I think of endo burnout, I want you to just kind of sit where you're at right now, close your eyes and think about everything you've done to get the diagnosis, everything you've done to fight for the diagnosis, advocating for yourself, getting the diagnosis, and then you have that breath of fresh air. And then what I call that throat punch Thursday that just comes and hits you again, because it's like, okay, cool. Now you got a diagnosis. What the heck are you going to do? And so then it's that whole circular motion of, like you said, you know, getting the diagnosis, not knowing what to do, being overwhelmed with misconceptions, you know, Dr. Google, Wikipedia, Pinterest, you're searching for the endo diet. You're looking for the detoxes, the cleanses, all of those things that's endo burnout. When you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do, and you do not have the tools yet in your toolbox and you spiral out. And so I keep saying that no matter how long you've been diagnosed, you can be burnt out because endometriosis, we know when we're talking about that chronic inflammation, we always talk about the physical, right? The pain, the bleeding, you know, the bloating, the Mm -hmm. acne, you know, oh, I had a migraine, you know, it was a horrible day. I had nerve pain, but let's talk about how it affects you, not just physically, but financially. Those days that you're having to miss work, you're not able to bring in that income. You're having to choose between buying supplements or paying for your monthly obligations for your family. You're not able to excel in your professional career because you know that you're an amazing employee and you have all the answers and everything your company needs, but you're not able to show up and prove yourself. Let's talk about when you are all out of PTO. And for some people, you know, it's it's at the beginning of the year. And unfortunately with endometriosis, many endo warriors and endo conquerors you're out of PTO, you're paid time off. If you miss another day, it is wrecking havoc on your career, your physical, your financial, your social life. You don't know when you can show up. Your body is so unreliable. You don't know if you're planning to go to that weekend wedding and it's going to be amazing, or if you're going to be stuck on mattress Island because your body is not going to be reliable. So we're talking about physically, financially, socially, and then the mental health portion of it. A lot of the mental health trauma I mean, trauma and drama starts right with the diagnosis because many people don't just go in and get that easy, like, oh yeah, LJ, that sounds like endo. It's like years and years of, you know, crazy diagnoses, crazy symptoms, unexplained things, your doctors, you know, not being able to figure you out. So as soon as they can't figure you out, they're like, oh, you know what? It's probably just an LJ problem. So then you're sitting at home thinking, Mm. oh, maybe it is just me. And I remember those moments. And then I'd sit on the couch and I'd be like, you know what? Okay. Maybe it's just me, but I swear I missed a week of work last week. I'm about to get rode up, (laughs) you know, like uh, my boss is mad. I'm mad. I'm behind on my projects. So as much as I want to say it's not real, 
I, I missed a week of work. You know, yeah. I didn't have time for my children. For me, it'd be one second I'd be on TV, giving you tips and tricks on how to be healthy. And then the next day I'm having to be humble and call a neighbor and ask them to get my kids dressed and ready for school because I wasn't able to show up. So when we talk about burnout, it's looking at every single portion, right? What does that look like when you're burnt out? That's just it. You're burnt out. You could care less. Burnout looks so different for everyone, right? When it comes to burnout, maybe you're just stuck in a pain flare that no matter what you do, you're like, I have pulled every freaking tool out of the toolbox. Nothing is working. Ain't nothing working for me, right? Your emotions. Usually when you get to burnout, you turn numb. Yes, you're in pain. Yes, you're stressed. Yes, there's depression, anxiety, but you just kind of flatline, right? That little beep. You're just like there. You're just there for the ride. You don't care if it gets better. You don't care if it gets worse. You don't have that motivation and that mindset to, you know, look yourself in the mirror and be like, you got this. That that left the building a long time ago, right? Those thoughts can look really, really sad, really dark. There can be the depression, the anxiety. I hate to say it, but it's very honest. People start having suicidal ideations, and that is sometimes exasperated by some of the hormonal birth control and different pharmaceuticals that they're bringing in. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about burnout, the biggest thing I want people to kind of sit in right now, and I know it can be very emotional, but don't just think about the physical journey. Think about how it's affecting your career, your profession, your family, your relationships, your romantic relationships, your social life. You know, if you have children, how you show up as a parent. I mean, and all transparency, I definitely have dealt with some endo burnout. Now, right now I'm on the other side and I'm like, baby, I'm not burning out. I'm ready to light every candle. Like I got enough (laughs) energy for me and everyone that hears my voice. But that wasn't the LJ that was raising two children. And just recently I had a conversation and my children, it was very emotional. We're all in tears and we're crying because my kids were like, we wish that the person that you are now was present back then. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like those days that I was in pain. Yeah. I probably wasn't the nicest mommy, right? Those days that I had to call a neighbor and get them to have my children dressed and ready for the bus stop. I probably wasn't the best person. That was not them seeing the best version of me. Yes. They're happy that I'm healed and in remission and doing great now, but remembering that there is a journey. And so endo burnout, I want to say a couple things about it because I feel like I could go on and on and on about burnout, but this is the other thing. Just because you hit burnout does not mean you're stuck there. I'm not in burnout now, but definitely hit some burnout a while ago. Definitely felt burnout again when the mold came in and set me back in my healing journey. Everything that I had healed naturally, everything that I'd fought for was just ripped away when mold came in, that immune system crashed and I felt like I had to start all over. So burnout can come and go, but the thing is, it's okay to not be okay. And I know this is challenging as as a chronic illness warrior, but like I always say, we need to go from endo warrior to endo conqueror and realizing that, okay, something is not right, but let me create a plan. Let me get a community that can help me move to the next level and pull you out of that burnout phase. Absolutely. And I I just think that there's so many factors that contribute to someone experiencing this endo burnout. And I think that in my head, I mean, I have, you know, I think people can experience burnout from so many different things. Um, Mm -hmm. But in my head, I've always almost thought about it as like endo overwhelm. Like there's just a million different options. You try so many different things and 
it's just become all too much you know you don't know what to do about work you don't know what to do about the hospital appointments you don't know what to do about your health um and it can look different for different people that you know it's caused them to um there's been so many different factors that might contribute to where they they've gotten to but i think that everyone has probably experienced this in some some shape or form and you've mentioned that you know you you said they need to get a a plan together and looking at community how community can support them so for you where would you where do you begin what approach do you take when you're working with a patient they come to you they're really burnt out um and they're really struggling i would imagine that they're at that point quite overwhelmed and it might be a lot for them to take on you know a a huge healing plan so i just wondered where do you start what approach do you take with that absolutely and where i start is the foundation we have to realize that endometriosis and all of these other diagnoses that we're going through they're not our fault and i say that once again what you're going through physically is not your fault And also realizing that you deserve health, you deserve quality of life, but also realizing that your quality of life may look different than your cousins, your sisters, your neighbors, other, you know, people in your community. And so that's a lot of the work that we do in the very beginning is realizing it's not your fault and that you deserve health. Because if we don't have that firm foundation of the mindset, then there's nothing to stack these other, you know, the habit stacking there's nothing to, to stack it on. So there's a lot of work that comes in. And I know it's challenging when you're in pain and realizing that, you know, maybe you're in pain 24 seven and we need to be grateful for when you're in pain, you know, 27, right? Mm-hmm. When you're not in pain all day, but maybe a few hours of relief, being very grateful, being very present, but also releasing some of that shame and guilt of dealing with the diagnosis. The next thing I like to do is start small. So here's the thing. When you start getting out of this burnout, when you're like, okay, I'm getting the foundation, I've got the mindset, I'm working all those things. The next thing I want you to do is start small. And when I say that, realize that as a practitioner, when I come in and I'm working with someone with my patients, I'm taking that 30,000 foot view. I'm not just going to look at acne or bloating or whatever. I'm looking at everything. But for you, I want you to start small. And this is what I mean. Start small, find one thing that you can focus your attention on, start that habit stacking and work from there. Let me give you an example. If someone comes to me and they're like, LJ, I'm tossing and turning all night. I can't sleep well, this, that, and the other. You already know my mind is like, okay, we need to get their circadian rhythm. We need to balance their gut. We got to check the hormones. Like I'm like, once again, 30,000 view. I'm like, do, 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 do. All these things, right? Coming in, sound effects and all. (laughs) But when you're doing this, That's not what you're going to do. If you're not sleeping well, let's create some small habit stacking things that will get you to where you're going, right? Sometimes we need a little bit of relief while we're still working on the root cause. Simple things when you're not able to sleep, create a nighttime routine. Mm -hmm. I say it again, create a nighttime routine. If you, yes, maybe you're a type A and you're busy and you love to work out late at night and this, that, and the other, but find a time that your body knows, Hey, when it hits eight o'clock, when it hits seven o'clock, we're at, we're out of the fight or flight. We're out of giving, giving, giving to others. It's time to start saying no to others. Start saying yes to ourselves. Develop that nighttime routine. Make sure that you're doing your meditation, you're stretching your yoga, getting in those nutrient dense meals. Another small hack to get better sleep. 
blue blocking glasses. Maybe you do work later in the evenings. I know for today, I'll call myself out. My boyfriend's out late tonight working. And so I'm going to get some extra work done while I can. So I'm going to be putting on my blue blocking glasses around 630 mm -hmm. so that my body knows that we're winding down. Yes, I'm going to still have a little bit of screen time. You know, once again, not something I would do every night, but I put the blue blocking glasses on. Another thing you can do, habit stacking, once again, grab a couple of these nuggets and start there and then build, making sure you get that morning sunlight. I know, I know nobody wants to crawl out of the bed and go look <laughs> into the sun and do the sun gazing, but something that simple can help with resetting your circadian rhythm. So when I say start small, those are a bunch of tips, right? You don't have to walk away from this podcast and implement every single one of those. Grab one. Maybe this week, you're just like, okay, grab. I'll grab some Amazon blue blocking glasses. I think I have like six pair floating around the house. I think I got like three pair for $10. Not a huge investment. They're not the latest and greatest and the trendiest, but I'm telling you, they work. They really There's, work. They, they really do, work. right? I love them. So find those little things that you can do. The next thing when you're coming out of burnout is identifying your triggers. Now, when we say identifying triggers, most people are like, oh yeah, I know my food triggers. Here's the thing. Food is not going to be the only trigger for burnout. It can be people, activities, lifestyle, lots of different things can really push you into that burnout. So figure out where you're getting that extra, I like to call it that toxic exposure. Yes, you may be getting toxins from products and pharmaceuticals and cleaning things and whatever, but you're getting toxin in if you're working in a toxic environment, if you're eating food that is not organic, like find small ways that you can identify a couple triggers and then commit to one. Maybe just make a list. And I actually wasn't even prepared to say this, but here's a good idea. Make a list of some triggers and maybe you have 10 triggers. Take one and be like, hey, I'm working with this trigger. This is what I'm working with for the next couple of weeks. Once that's a little more comfortable, part of your routine, you don't have to stress about it. I know with me and myself, when I start a new habit stack, I put that little timer on my iPhone, right? It keeps me, keeps me on track. Once it becomes easy and I'm like, oh, at 11 o'clock, I'm going to do this. I don't even need the timer. Then it's part of my habit. Then I can identify another trigger, right? Mm -hmm. So that's number three. And then finally, create a community. Now, I love community and I'm going to start with this little caveat and then I'm going to love it up with a little something else. But with your community, make sure this community is pushing you to your best self. Sometimes these Facebook groups and different groups can have a lot of negativity. Yes, everything with endometriosis is not going to be Skittles and rainbows and unicorns. We understand that. However, you want to make sure this community is pumping some positivity into you. You want to be able to go to that community and be able to vent, but also get some solutions. And a lot of us are in communities that have turned toxic. Maybe you're a member of the same Facebook group all these years, and it's always negativity. No one has anything positive to say. That's when you need to start really reevaluating your community. But community is so important. It can be there to really keep you grounded. It can be there to help you focus. Even Jessica and I were talking, and I think we're going to create a community between the two of us because yeah. sometimes you just need a little extra support. You need someone that gets you, that's been there, done that, that is not going to be shaming or blaming, but also can help you troubleshoot. And I think sometimes we have a community, but we're not really relying on them to our fullest capability. So number one, realize it's not your fault and that you do deserve help. Number two, start small. Find that one area habit stack from there. And we use the example of sleep, right? Little things like blue blockers, morning sunlight, nighttime routine, et cetera. 
Number three, identify triggers that exasperate your symptoms. But remember, it's not just going to be food. It can be food, people, environment, daily lifestyle activities, et cetera, toxins, and then create your community is number four. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. What would you say to, say if someone was like brand new to this, or maybe they had tried a lot of things and they were kind of feeling a little bit jaded of like, well, nothing, nothing works. How, so for example, you and I know as practitioners, the impact that sleep can have or lack of sleep can have on pain signals, inflammation, mental health, you know, gut health, all of those things. But if someone didn't know kind of, the different aspects of lifestyle that could impact endo. Are there some basic areas that you would suggest that they look at, for example, um, like you said, sleep, nutrition, uh, movement, are there kind of any kind of safe, safe, not so overwhelming like areas that they could begin to, uh, yeah, just look at and, and analyze, like, how is that doing? Like, how am I doing in that area of life? Absolutely. I would start with nutrition as Mm -hmm. unsexy. And I know some people are like, oh gosh, she's talking about nutrition again. Yes, I am, honey. Here's the thing. Once again, start small. Nutrition can just be something as simple as cutting back on the processed foods. Maybe you love to DoorDash and eat out five days a week. Can we take that five days a week to three? Mm. Can we take that five days a week to, you know, four? What can we do that is going to tweak your nutrition? Also, when it comes to nutrition, we have to remember that the foods we're putting in our body are either going to decrease the inflammation or increase. So maybe you're like, hey, LJ, I can't cut back on the DoorDash and honey. That's my thing. That helps me. Okay, cool. Then let's start choosing foods that are more nourishing for your body and that are going to help decrease the inflammation. The other thing after nutrition is sleep. Sleep is so important. That is your body's time to detox and heal. So if you're always in fight or flight, if you're always on the go, 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 you have got to be able to calm your body down and get that adequate rest. Now, a little side note that I would give for that is magnesium, tons of magnesium, magnesium. different (laughs) types. I'm all about a magnesium bath. I don't care who you are, where you're from. Couple things about magnesium baths. They really are super helpful, especially for blood type B. We're usually a little more deficient. I would say anyone with endometriosis, typically there's some nutrient deficiency, so it can't hurt. Mm. But bringing in those magnesium flake bags can be really helpful to just calm your body down. Now, one thing I will say, because I get text messages and calls from my patients, they're like, LJ, I'm allergic to magnesium. Pump your brakes. Yes, you could have a legit allergy, but typically if you do a magnesium bath and you feel like you're itching and you're like, oh my gosh, where's my EpiPen? What is going on with my body? 
that's a sign that your body is deficient and it is pulling that <laughs> magnesium that through stuff your up. pores. Yeah. Yes. So that's why you're itchy AF. So don't freak out. <laughs> you're okay. But that just lets you know that you need to support your body, right? So we've got nutrition, we've got sleep, and then anything that you can do to detoxify your body. Now, detoxification can be something so simple. And I feel like maybe that wasn't even the best tip because I'm like, I could talk about that one for an hour, but I'll keep it simple. Detoxification is something as simple as having two to three bowel movements a day, mm-hmm. sweating, right? Using a castor oil pack. It doesn't have to be this big detoxification protocol where you're pooping all day and you're sweating and you're rashy and you're like, oh, I think I'm detoxing. No, no, no. That sounds like a healing crisis. We want you to heal and detox naturally. So castor oil packs can be very helpful, making sure those bowels are moving and that you're actually getting the waste out. And then number three, moving your body even if you're not moving your body, just sweating could be something like an Epsom salt bath. So those are some little tidbits to start with. Yeah, that's that's so helpful. And I think that this is something that I have been really um, observing and analyzing over like my time working in endo. And I think that we, a lot of us, myself included, when we start out, we want to know all of the information all at once, but quite quickly become overwhelmed by all of that information information, and have this pressure. A lot of people that I meet, like my clients at first, they have this um, expectation that they should be making so many changes all at once. And actually, especially now in this kind of era of wellness, it can be really easy to get sucked into like, oh, I'm going to do like, I'm going to, you know, like we were talking about, I'm going to do like a parasite cleanse. I'm going to do a SIBO cleanse. I'm going to do a mold Mm -hmm. cleanse. You're going to, and that shit is really, really tough. And actually you need a foundation of, yes, you're not going to get to like amazing health if you've got mold issues or, or SIBO, especially if your mold issues were to the extent that you were, obviously you were hospitalized. That needed to be, that was acute. You needed, it needed to be dealt with straight away. But, you know, actually going back to those core foundational um stepping stones like blood sugar balancing um nutrition you know detox and supporting your liver um very basic first line therapies for gut health are you chewing enough like how how your digestive enzymes how's your stomach acid um are you eating in an environment where you can actually digest your meal or are you really, really stressed, like eating on the go? Like you were saying, these things are not very sexy and they don't sound like they're going to do that much. But actually, if you don't have those foundations in place, it's almost like you're trying to decorate a house and you haven't even got like the floor working. You haven't even got the concrete in, right? Yes. It's this, you actually, I, I think that people think, oh yeah, I don't need to do that stuff you do. (laughs) The supplements are not going to work as well. If you're eating like a processed diet, you know, you're not going to feel, um, you're not going to feel the effects of a SIBO treatment if, or you're going to struggle more of a SIBO treatment. If you're really, really sleep deprived, all of these things are going to impact your inflammation levels are going to impact your hormone levels, your blood sugar levels, so many, your liver, like these foundations, they, they don't sound like they're, going to be the needle movers, but they are the needle movers. And I just think that they put us in a place 
where we're more physically and mentally and emotionally equipped to deal with the stuff that might take longer, like the SIBO protocols, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's about the foundation. Like you said, you know, if there can't, can't decorate a home, right. You can't bring in an interior designer. If there's not even any walls, if there's no sheetrock, no foundation. And if your foundation is shaky, right. So maybe one day you're committed the next day you're not, there's no accountability. You're just like, what the heck am I doing? You need to get, that's when you have to start working with someone to get that firm foundation because those habit stacking things do work. Like we said, that not so sexy stuff, is really what brings you the sexy results, but we always want to overcomplicate it, right? You know, another detox, another cleanse. Um, I was talking to someone recently and she's like, yeah, I was water fasting for days because that's what they recommended. And I'm like, okay, I, I think that can be helpful, you know, depending on what's going on. But you just told me you had a sluggish thyroid that you're always bloated and you have blood sugar issues. So I'm thinking, mm, the fasting for a week, I don't know if that's maybe the best start, right? But then yeah. it comes from that mindset, that scarcity mindset of we're going to restrict all the calories. We're going to cut out the nutrients. We're going to choke it out. But essentially it was just, you know, exasperating all of her conditions. So it's like, once again, what are things that you can do lifestyle changes? Yes, maybe you're going to have to do a detox. You're not going to be detoxing all the time, but you want to do stuff that is sustainable where you've got some accountability and it's not just like a fad or a diet or a 90 day challenge, but something you can do consistently. A lot of the habit hacking things, I'm going to be honest, as soon as I hop off here and put my castor oil pack back on, <laughs> I had it on last night and I'm going to put it back on for the day because I know my kidneys and adrenals need a little extra support. And so that's something I can do on a consistent basis, right? Now, mm -hmm. if it was like a water fast or a cleanse or something like that, you know, or I'm only eating one meal a day, I don't know how sustainable that is for my healing journey. And even if it brought some results, I mean, what happens the day that I actually need to eat some food and I'm just so used to fasting, you know, is the bloating and everything going to come back? Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of stuff we got to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find you and reach out to you and work with you? Absolutely. So ljspowerhouse.org is my main website. You'll find my blog. I also have a podcast, The Holistic with the W, The Holistic Endo Expert Podcast. We talk everything endometriosis, mold, breast implant illness. Honey, we cover it all because endometriosis <laughs> is everything. But yes, definitely, you know, go over there. I'm also on Instagram. Definitely lots of free content on there. And you can book the free discovery call if you're listening and you're like, maybe she's on to something or you just want to kind of unpack it then yeah, let's hop on a free discovery call and see what I can do to support your healing journey. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been so fascinating and yeah, just really lovely connecting and just sharing our experiences. I feel like we've had quite similar experiences. We need to talk about mold sometime. Um, Absolutely. That yes, stuff, yes, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that stuff has brought me down and sounds like it's done even, you know, worse to you, hospitalizing you. So um, that's a conversation for another time, but it's been great speaking to you and I'm sure people have found this so, so helpful. Um, the power of foundations, it's, yeah, they're just powerful. I hope that that's what people got from this, this conversation that, you know, the foundations, they might not be the most exciting, the most glamorous, but they are what we're gonna build long-term health from. Absolutely. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. 
and you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world 